0: We're at that place. We're at that place. Jesus has just had this long conversation with his closest followers. He's been in this room with the disciples they've they've eaten together. they he's walked them through how he's leaving. and he's talked about the persecution that's going to come into their life as he leaves and goes back to heaven and Last week, we looked at the incredible joy that he wants to bring, a joy that comes from him overcoming the world, a joy that's available to us. But now he shifts, and he's, and he's spoken kind of his last words to them, and now he goes into this prayer, the prayer. We call it the high priestly prayer, that, that he prays to the Father now uh, as they're all around him, and we'll just pretend they're in this circle, and Jesus lifts his head to the Father, and he starts to pray. This is it, right? This is that moment. He's about to take them to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's gonna be arrested. And so this is that final moment. Uh, If we were watching a movie, this is when the music would churn, right? And and we'd go, oh, something's about to happen. This is it. And so in John chapter 17, let's pick up in verses uh, one through five, it says this. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Okay, so so the hour has come, right? It's not coming, here, we're here. It's arrived, and, and Jesus' first words to the Father are what? Glorify me. Now, those shouldn't be your first words when you talk to the Father, okay? But Jesus could say that. Why? Because Jesus is God. And 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 when we talk about the glory of God, um, what that what that means is is that's God's majesty or His splendor or His divine goodness. It's being displayed, and and so to to glorify uh, Him, it glor- to glorify God is a response to that. It's a response to his majesty being displayed. And so Jesus is saying, glorify me Father. I pray that people would see you in me. They would see the majesty displayed and they would honor, they would respond in worship to that. Glorify me. Um, And and, and when we look at just the heart of what Jesus is talking about here and why he can say that in Hebrews uh, chapter 1 verse 3, the writer of Hebrews says this and I love this verse. says he He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's talking about Jesus there. And so Jesus um, is is praying for uh, his, his glory. He desires to be glorified so that why? So that he can glorify the Father. Every time Jesus is glorified, it glorifies the Father. But Jesus was given authority, we see. He's given authority over all humanity to give eternal life, it says, to all of those whom the Father had given him. And we see reiterated that eternal life is only through our belief and union with Jesus. If you're new, salvation is through Jesus. Okay, Acts chapter four, verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so Jesus glorified the Father by accomplishing the work the Father gave him to do. Right? He uh, has he has fulfilled that. It's going to culminate on the cross. That's the culmination of his obedience to uh, the Father. And so he's looking towards that right now as he's praying this prayer. And 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 he's and he's saying, "Listen, I've accomplished everything in your plan uh, for me." And as he's thinking about that. He is what? He's reminded about where he's come from. (laughs) Before the incarnation, before he came down to earth, he was with the father at the right hand of the father in glory. And he says, I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go back to that. And then in verses six through 10, he says this, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now, it's kind of tough sometimes, isn't it? Because we see uh, repetition, we see um, phrases and words that sound very similar or sound alike, and sometimes we can get lost in that. But but how did Jesus manifest the Father's name? Well, and what does that mean? Well, when he says, I manifested your name, he's talking about manifesting the character, the nature, the attributes of God, and he's made that known. He's manifested that to all of the people whom it says the Father had gifted him. As we've already seen, uh, those that that follow Jesus, they are gifts from the Father to the Son. See, Jesus' statement that, that they were yours and you gave them to me is affirmation that even before their conversion, the disciples belonged to God. I love that. If you're sensing God is almighty, all-powerful, and in complete control, you should be sensing that right now. See, earlier in the book of John, Jesus uh, had declared uh, in John chapter 6.37, if you remember, uh, he had said, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. We see, uh, we see later on in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, God telling Paul, as Paul is dealing with unknown, uh, with persecution and fear, he says this to him in Acts 18.10. He says, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people says, I have many in the city who are my people. Now, what is he he talking about there? These are people that he says who are mine in this city. They just don't know it yet. They just haven't received me yet as Savior, but they will. You be faithful. I will protect you. I will empower you to do what I've asked you to do. Jesus considered the Father's gift so precious. He was willing to die in order to receive it. Huh. man, that's huge. Guys, do you realize if you're a Jesus follower that you are a gift to the Son from the Father? Like, oh, I don't, I don't have significance. I am i don't bring anything to the table. You know what? None of us bring anything to the table, Right? I was sitting in the green room a minute ago before I walked out here, and you know what? There was, a, there was a, a jar. You know what was in the jar? Mixed nuts. And it literally said, mixed nuts. And I just stared at it. I was like, that's what we are. But you know what? You know what it said in a way that only Costco could write it? It said, extra fancy mixed nuts. I'm like, what? What does that mean? (laughs) Extra fancy? Like, what? You know? That's how we feel, right? I'm extra fancy. No, you're not. We're a bunch of mixed nuts, we bring nothing to the table. We got problems, we got flaws, (laughs) we say things we shouldn't, we do things we shouldn't. Almost every time we get into the car, we do something we shouldn't, right? All these things happen continually, you guys. We don't bring anything to the table, and yet, right here and out loud, he's praying this, his disciples can hear this, you are a gift to the Son from the Father. You're a gift, hand-selected as a gift to the son. And and, and the son wasn't like, oh, I get Steve? No, the son was willing to die to receive the gift. He loved the gift so much he died for it. It's amazing. In addition to recognizing that they were a gift from his father, Jesus, Jesus also described the disciples as those who've kept the father's word. The disciples believed that Jesus was sent by God, empowered by God, and that he did everything according to the will of God. They believed that his words were true, and Jesus' statement that uh, they are yours and all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine, it demonstrates this confidence that the 11 that are there, that are following him still in this room, they belonged to God. God. And just like the disciples, all believers belong to the father having been adopted into his family. Since the father and son have all things in common, we read in scripture, those who belong to the father belong to the son and vice versa. Jesus also stated that he'd been glorified in them. You know, I think what I love about this is, once again, it's reiterating that his expectations of you and I are not perfectionism. Do you see what it's saying about the disciples? It's highlighting their faith, it's highlighting their belief uh, and their trust in the Word of God. But 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 what do we know has happened and, and is about to happen? Right? Uh, they're going to abandon him. They're going to be filled with fear. They're going to they're going to deny him. All these things are going to happen, and we're going to go, man. Well, they're they're full of flaws and mistakes, and and look, it's not very powerful. But but no, there's this deep, uh, there's 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 a deep belief still in them. But 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 there's a Wrestling match with their humanity, and it's the same wrestling match we have. And I want to encourage you that that Jesus is highlighting um, what is actually in them that that that's good, that's of a, of God here. He's not singling out all the failures, all the mistakes here. He's empowering them, and he's and he's saying that he's been actually glorified in them. Uh, you know, sometimes the greatest uh, way we glorify God is actually through our imperfectionism. It's people seeing that you don't think you're perfect. It's people seeing you just being honest and transparent but going, "Hey, this is what I am, but God met me there. This is what God's brought. Uh, he's he's taken me from and guess what? It's powerful because they if they know you and that's happened, they've seen that. And it glorifies God. And so Jesus is like, "They've uh, I've been glorified in them." Guys, the supreme goal of everything a Christian does is to bring glory to God. That's our goal. That's, if I'm a Jesus follower, everything I do, I should ask, does this glorify God? That's, that's my purpose. Uh, I've been going through uh, this relationship series uh, with our college students on Tuesday nights uh, on campus. And I think I've used this verse, 1 Corinthians ten thirty one, every week. And this is what it is. It's, it's literally, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Because they're like, what do we do with dating? Do all to the glory of God. Okay, well, I think we're gonna get married. What, what, what was that? Do all to the glory of God. Well, we're, I'm single. Do all to the glory of God. Like literally, that is everything. Everything. For us, that should be our heart, our mindset, regardless of where you're at in life right now. You should be asking, How do I glorify God in this? And not only how do I glorify Him, but how do I reflect His glory? In Matthew 5 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So I am called uh, to bring him glory and to reflect his glory. Jesus keeps going. and verses 11 through 16, he says, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Okay, so Jesus asks the Father to keep the disciples faithful to his word and his mission. Are you hearing this? Jesus is asking the Father, I I pray that you would keep them, keep them faithful um, to to your word, uh, to the mission that you have uh, for them. Because up until this point, who have they been going to and looking to for uh, their protection? Who has protected them and kept them from falling away? Jesus. But he's leaving right he's leaving and and they're going to be uh left and 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 he's been and just as he's been guarding and protecting him now when it talks about the 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 loss of the son of destruction who is he talking about judas now the loss of judas wasn't because jesus failed to keep him jesus knew all along that judas was a false disciple in fact, if you're in this room and you're like, I'm just gonna fake it, I'm gonna act like it, I'm gonna look the part, he knows. He knows. In fact, he knows and he used Judas in order to fulfill scripture. But soon Jesus wouldn't be there. So we asked the Father to keep them. You know, we see another important truth that as the disciples embrace the truth It talks about they're brought into this amazing unity, a unity that mirrors the unity between the father and the son. And I don't want to get caught up in this because next week, we're going to hit unity. It's going to be amazing. But that's next week. But not only does God work in them to draw them closer together, but God's work allows them to experience, it says, the joy of Jesus. The joy of Jesus. Of Jesus. Now we 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 talked about joy last week. But Jesus prays for the disciples to have what? The fullness of his joy. The fullness of his joy. And 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 I believe I got up here last week uh, after the, after the this, this sermon. And, and, and I share like, like his kind of joy that, that he's talking about here uh, is different than our kind of joy. Right? Cause our kind of joy is like, it's my birthday or I'm getting this or someone, uh, this worked out in my favor. Right. Or this relationship happened or whatever it might, my, my team won, whatever it is. Like I, I have this joy and, and usually it's circumstantial, it's it's something working out in my favor or or this or that. Um, and, and and his joy is different. Like it, it was his kind of joy that Hebrews twelve two tells us uh, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right-hand throne of God. Okay, so his kind of joy is different because our kind of joy is like this, and Jesus is talking about his kind of joy was even found going to the cross. And we know that that was rough. We know, we know he wasn't up there doing this on the way to the cross. We know that he wasn't hanging on the cross, just ah, joy, right? This is a different kind of joy, you guys. It's different. It comes from this this depth. It comes from a trust. It comes from walking in obedience to Him and fulfilling what He's asked us to fulfill. And 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 man, it 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 can be really difficult and tough. And it's a it's a journey, but we see Jesus say, I want my joy to be in you. I'm gonna give you that. See, the disciples were gonna face danger as we've as we've looked at. They were gonna be targets of the world, right? They're gonna be outcasts. They're, some of them are gonna lose their lives and this world is gonna be in opposition to them. And on top of it, as we read, uh, the devil, Satan, uh, is going to, Desire to turn them away. He's going to try and get them off course and to get them away from following Jesus. And we see that's been his MO all throughout scripture. When we look at Job, the book of Job, the story of Job, Satan tried to destroy Job's faith, tried to destroy it. It was tough. You look at Job's life. Man, some of us, would go, man, I got it together. I'm strong in my faith. Well, have you ever had your whole family? Like, like, have you ever had the enemy go after your whole family? Have you experienced that? You experienced the loss of everything that you held on to, that you, that you believed in, that you loved? And, and he lost all of that and, and goes through this just, I, I can't even imagine the kind of pain and and he works through this and and he, and he goes through his times of just deep discouragement um and and he's got friends who come and they're and they're talking to him and oh man they they're just awful their advice and and it just drives him more and more into the into this place of just despair and 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 somehow some way Job holds on he he gets through it and we see this response that he gives after Satan has, has, has like thrown his best at Job. And, and, and Job responds here in a way that demonstrates that the faith that God gives cannot be destroyed. In Job chapter 42, verses one and two, he says this. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I know this. You guys, Satan also desired to destroy Peter's faith. In fact, it, um, it, in Luke's account of this interaction that we've been walking through, um, Jesus actually warns Peter in in Luke chapter twenty-two, verses thirty-one and thirty-two. He says, "Simon, Simon." Behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So so Jesus warns him, listen, Satan's coming after you. And what do we know? (laughs) Man, Peter failed, right? Right? He denied Jesus, but what do we also see in the life of Peter? His faith endured. See, he what? He repented. Jesus restored him, and he became this powerful evangelist in the early church. Guys, when I look at this and I and I look at this faith. That was able to endure even when there were failures, even when there were doubts, even when there was despair, yeah, even there, when there was hopelessness, and all of these things. And I look at a faith that, that can endure, and, and I look at where we're at, and I look at the condition of, of many of us, and 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 we're discouraged, we're mad, we, we heard a teaching last week on joy, or or this or that. And and, and, and and here's our problem. Our problem is this: we have read it, we've seen it, we've heard it, and we go, well, where where is it at? Where is it at? I went home and I read the rest of the book of John last week and nothing happened. God, I prayed this and, and you didn't come through. It didn't work out. I'm done. God, I have been faithful, faithful, faithful here. And what is this? I I lost my job, right? And, 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 and we quote these verses back to him, right? You said this, you said that. The pastor said that. Um, I, the worship song said this. And, and, and what are we caught up in? Well, um, we are caught up in this um, immediate gratification um, relationship with God um, to where, and, and ultimately it leads back to this. We, we just all want to be sprinters, right? When we watch the Olympics, what do we want to watch? Sprinters. I want to watch that 100. Right and 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 it's it's quick it's it's amazing all of this and 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 that's our that's our relationship with God I I I see we have this sprinter mentality Um, it's literally I want it now he needs to come up with the goods now and and I just started but I also want the finish I want the result right now and 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 so we get hung up on that and it's also why so many of us fall away because if you're focused on a sprint guess what sprinters one mistake they're out they lose right? You come out of the blocks wrong. Um, you, you know, something just at all happens. You lose. You pay the penalty. And many of us approach God like that. we It's all sprinter mentality. It's like you you got to come through. You got to do this. You got to do that. And one thing goes wrong, one hardship, one setback, one prayer that you don't think is answered how you want it to be answered, one job, one relationship, whatever it may be. And you're like, I'm out. I'm done. He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Guys, we're getting picked apart because we're looking at this endurance race as if it's a sprint. And that's, that's not what he's uh, in, in inviting us uh, into. Um, I remember I was a sprinter in high school and uh, was. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what would happen now. Like body parts probably start flying off. But uh, I was a 100-meter runner. And uh, I remember my senior year in high school, uh, my, my, tr- my sprinting coach comes up to me and goes, hey, so I've been looking at all the times and this across the state. Um, I think you should add the 400. He goes, I, I think... I think this is a, a good year. I think you would do really well at it. I think you could maybe even advance further than the 100. And, um, and I remember going, okay, because I looked at the track. What's, a, what's 400 meters? It's one lap, right? Like you can see the whole thing. And you're not doing it multiple times. That's when I was like, I don't know why those people do it multiple times. But it's one time. So I look at it, I go, oh, that's fine. And I said, I'll do it, I'll do it tomorrow in the race. And he goes, mm, I think you should wait. you got to train a little bit. I said, no, coach, I know what I'm doing. Okay. I know me. Um, I'll run it tomorrow. Okay. It's one lap coach. And uh, I'll never forget. I I ran it and I ran it just like I did the hundred and I took off 300 meters in. I just about died. I mean, I thought I was dying. I, I was literally confused. I'm like, what's going on? It's a lap. It's a lap. Why am I dying? Why? You, eh? Well, I, man, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trained for it. I hadn't built up the stamina, the endurance that I needed. You guys, if you're going to train for anything that is long distance, man, it takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Doesn't it? The faith, the relationship that he is inviting you into, it it talks about in Hebrews. He says, run the race with what? Endurance. He doesn't say, boom, the gun went off, you sprint. No, he says, learn to run the race with endurance. Why? Because he knows there's going to be things that if you're sprinting, it's going to happen in your life and you'll be disqualified it'll take you out but if you but if you're able to understand that this is endurance saying that your faith can endure even past your your failures your mistakes your outbursts like Peter that your faith can still endure through that and if you'll understand that this is a journey this is a process and 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 the um and and the finish line you don't even get to define it he will it's all good you just focus on that and I, I just see man that's the problem with us We're so quick to open up Job chapter one, one. And then we're like, oh, what's all these other chapters? Ah, Job 42. Ah, it's not how life works. It's just not. And you know what? You should be thankful life doesn't work that way because none of of us will be qualified. We'd all be disqualified. Okay, and and you know what? You want depth to your faith. You want depth to your joy. You want that kind of experience, that peace that he, man, that comes through endurance. That comes through life. And he wants to walk with you through that so much so that he prays to the Father to guard you and keep you in that. So that you may fall, you may struggle, you may make mistakes, but it does not have to hijack your faith. God the Father wants to keep you in that. He says, listen, the enemy's gonna try and reclaim you, but he won't, he can't. You are mine. Guys, how helpful is it to know that God, and you just picture, you're in this prayer circle and Jesus is praying this out loud, they can hear it. How amazing is it to to for them to hear that 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 Jesus is saying, God, you're gonna keep them. You're gonna keep them. They're going to have, they're going to have, and they're not even going to have joy. They're going to have my kind of joy that you're going to put in them. And, and and God, I've been the one to keep them, but now you're going to keep them. And guys, I just want you to imagine you're holding hands. You're in the prayer circle. What are you feeling? You're excited, aren't you? Come on, man. These chairs, these chairs are the worst, man, man. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> Come on, you're in that circle and, and he's saying these things, you guys. Like like we're there, we are Jesus followers. If, if you're a Jesus follower and he's saying all of these things on your behalf and, and you're hearing this, the father's gonna keep me, the father's gonna guard me. Satan, who I am very afraid of, uh, the father's like, nope, he ain't gonna hijack your faith. All of these things are in place and, and Jesus is talking about, he wants to put his joy and we saw that that joy. It doesn't make sense to us. He always had it, um, and he's going to put that into us. Like, you guys, you're there, and you're like, hoo, hoo, hoo. keep praying. Keep praying. Have you ever been in, in a circle like that, and they're praying, and as the person's praying, and maybe it involves you, you're like, oh, right? I, I just picture, uh, we just went through our birthday gauntlet in our home. We have two weeks where two of our boys have birthdays, and um, and every night before their birthday, we'll, we'll pray together and uh, and we'll pray for whoever's birthday it is. And, and, and as I'm praying, I'm praying for Roman, my youngest, and, 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 and I'm praying, God, um, thank you for Roman. Thank you that we get to celebrate his birthday tomorrow. Thank you that we get to eat cake together. Thank you that we get to open up presents and give those to him. Thank you for him. And as I'm saying those words, you know what Roman's doing? His eyes wide open because he's distracted like his father. And then before I know it, at the end of my prayer, he's got a big grin. His eyes are wide open and he's right in my face, right? (laughs) He's so excited. He's so excited because he knows what I'm praying. He's going to be the beneficiary, He knows that it's gonna bless him, right? Guys, if you're in that prayer circle, your eyes aren't closed anymore. You're looking at Jesus and you're like, oh, keep it going, man, keep it going. And that's what they're feeling. And you guys, man, if we're Jesus followers, you should be feeling that right now. The attacks, are gonna come. They were gonna come because why? They weren't of the world just as Jesus wasn't of the world. But Jesus, guys, and we gotta hear this this morning. Jesus didn't ask what? He did not ask the Father to take them out of the world. He said, I'm not asking that you remove them. We need to hear this. Boy, that's a big prayer request right now. Man, just take me out. Just get me out of here. He didn't say that. In fact, how did we close last week? How did he close what he said right before he went into the prayer? What did he say? Take heart. I have overcome the world. That's what he said. That was his promise. That through him, they triumph over it. He doesn't say, I want you removed. He says, I want to triumph over it. And so just like the disciples today, believers in this world, we're called to reach the lost with the truth of the gospel. That's our primary reason for being here. And that's why you're still here. Okay? And, and, And then he keeps going. In verses 17 through 19, he says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus asks the Father to sanctify them. What does that mean? Well, to sanctify is to set something aside for a special use, for a specific reason, for a a special uh, reason. Uh, Some of you have um, maybe a dish or a platter or something that either you bought or was gifted to you at like your wedding or something like that, and it serves a specific and special purpose. It's got its own place, and it's brought out for special occasions. The disciples have been set aside for a special use. Jesus asked his father to sanctify them. How? In the truth. The instrument of sanctification is God's word. It's God's word. As Peter would instruct Christians of Asia Minor in 1 Peter chapter two, two, when he said, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up, into salvation. In Acts 20, 32, Paul says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Okay, so so it's through his word. God chose them to fulfill a specific role in his plan. They have been set aside for a specific role, for a specific mission to serve as his witnesses to the world. And just as Jesus was set aside for a mission, they were set aside as well. And what their example shows us is, it shows us what it means to be in the world, but not of the world. Man, that's a difficult one, isn't it? We struggle with it. And I see see Christians kind of go three different ways with this struggle of being in the world but not of the world. I see um, a certain group go into isolation, right? Believing the gospel needs to be protected instead of shared. And under the desire to remain faithful to God's word, they disengage from non-Christians. They think the best way to not fall away is to what? Keep yourself as far away as possible from temptation. That's how you do it. And so the desire to remain faithful to God's truth has caused them to disregard the mission. I see others uh, on the other side, and we'll just paint two drastic pictures here. On the other side, we've got those who believe the gospel has made them immune to temptation and worldliness. They're immune to it. Man, no, you don't understand, Steve. I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'm not gonna have that struggle ever again. I'm signed, sealed, and delivered. And so I can go back into that space. I'm gonna walk back into that party because I'm good. I know I can handle it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into that relationship again because, oh, I'm different now because of God's word. And I'm like, yeah, you're different, but you're still very susceptible very susceptible, and you can easily fall right back into it. But we all know, or maybe we've been the person that's like, man, now that I've been changed, I will not fall. I will not fail, right? And and, and so there is those, and and these are individuals who hear the call to be faithful to God's mission, and then they immerse themselves into the world, and they believe the best way to reach the world is to eliminate distinctions between a Christian and a non-Christian. Okay, so so these uh, individuals, they, 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 what happens here is we start to minimize uh, biblical teaching on what? The inconvenience stuff, right? Sin, repentance, and what happens is we start to live exactly as our non-Christian neighbor and friends it's through this desire to remain faithful to God's mission That's then caused them to disregard his truth. Okay, so those are a couple different extremes, but a better mindset is to make the gospel a daily focus, which will protect us from temptation as we desire to share the gospel with those who don't know Jesus. You make it the focus. You make God's word the focus of your heart. And and if you do, if you allow it to penetrate and reach your heart and and to move you forward, uh, you will be consumed with God's message of redemption and it will compel you to share it with other people who don't know him. Now, this means working to balance this faithfulness to the truth and faithfulness to the mission that he's called us to. And guys, this is, this is tough, right? This is tough. It's really tough to to find, ah, oh, man, I want to love them well, but I also don't want to disregard truth, right? Um, because truth doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. Ah, so where 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 is that line, right? and And I think we've all experienced it. Where I want to be gracious. How do I be gracious and loving, uh, and yet be firm on truth. How do I do that? How do I navigate through that? And I would say this, you should experience attention there. You should. My concern is for people who feel no tension there. My concern is for the person over here that goes, "I don't know what you're talking about." This is how you do it, or the person over here that's like, "No, I don't have any tension in this." You should be walking and living in that tension, right? Because it's very real, and and uh, and and it is tough to navigate through that, okay, it's tough to go, man, I'm called to be in the world, but I'm I'm called to not be of the world. And and that is just, man, a a tough thing. It's tough that I'm called to live differently, but I'm not called to remove myself. See, the differences that are seen in us are not based upon what's not in our life. It's based upon what's coming out of our life, the fruit of our life. So we, we are called to engage with the world. Just as Jesus had been sent to the world by his father, so now the disciples were being sent to the world by Jesus. And it's through their witness, it's through our witness that the world will be exposed to the gospel and many will come to saving faith as we've seen. And Jesus literally says, for, for the disciples' sake, I've sanctified myself so that you could be set apart for the Father's plan for your life. He set himself apart to the point of going to the cross so that we could be set aside. Guys, we, you and I, we may wish that all these things that are in opposition to God, all these influences, all these situations, all these people, we, man, we, we, we may wish, man, I wish that wasn't there. I wish I could be removed from that. I wish I could just be out of that situation. But you've been given a mission to live out and share the gospel in this world at such a time as this. You just have. And you either sit there and complain about it or you embrace it. You embrace it. You don't have it nearly as bad as that little prayer circle was about to have it. And what Jesus was saying to them, they're thinking this under uh, the religious persecution, and then ultimately, you got Rome to deal with. Jesus asked the Father to keep his disciples faithful to his words, and the word would keep them faithful to the mission. And God will keep us faithful to his word and use his word to strengthen us on our mission to spread the glory of Jesus guys the question i want to end with this question the question is what kind of a dish are you what kind of a dish are you now what am i talking about well i talked about how we've been set aside and 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 you know thanksgiving is this week and we're hosting and i know every when i'm hosting anything i'm what happens? I go through all of these deep, dark shelves and boxes and unearth things that I didn't even know I had. That at one point I went, Ooh, we need this, this platter, this dish, this thing. And you literally find it and you go, Oh my goodness. That's amazing. I forgot we bought this. Right? It was special. It was set aside for a specific purpose, whether it was a gift or you bought it. But what happened? (laughs) You, You put it somewhere. You just put it somewhere. You stored it away and you forgot about it. And so here is this thing that's been set aside. It has a special, unique purpose. But guess what? It's not being used at all. But then, but then there's the other kind uh, of dishes as well. I remember growing up, uh, there was a specific plate and it was a plate that was given to by parents at their wedding. I don't know who gave it to them. To this day, I don't, I don't remember who gave it to them. But all I know is that plate struck fear into our hearts. If that plate broke, we were done. And, and, and I remember we all, my brother, we all knew where that plate was. We're messing around doing anything. Don't, don't you dare touch that plate. And 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 I'll never forget. Like uh, my, (laughs) uh, we came home one night and and all of a sudden my dad's like, hey guys, come here, let's have a family moment. And he found the things that hang the plates on the walls. So now the plate is staring at us in the dining room. It's got a place there, and we're looking at each other and we're terrified. We're like, man, this is like just stay away from there. My brother accidentally knocked it over. They still don't know where he is. He's gone. Like, we're looking for him now. But that plate was so important and it served zero purpose. Zero. I mean, it was like, oh, look at you. Guys, some of us are that plate. We look so good. We measure up, we we man, people know that we're Jesus followers. We attend, we're we're going, we're giving, we're doing all these things, and we're that plate. And 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 we love that people like uh wanna be us, wanna be like us, and we hope and pray that they're praying at night, help us to be more like so and so. And and so we're but but all we are is we're that plate. I've never seen anyone eat off of that plate that they have, ever. And and so and so. What are we? Because we've been set aside. We are special. We are unique. We've been set aside for this mission to the point where the father sent his son. And and, and in order for the son to receive you as a gift, he went to the cross for you. And so you've been set aside for something. But the question is, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with the mission that he's called you to, that you are uniquely designed to live out, that he's gonna empower you, he's gonna keep you in? What are you doing with that? And lastly, some of you right now in this room, maybe you're like, man, I'm, I'm not either of those plates. I'm a paper plate. I'm just trash. He wants nothing to do with me. You don't know my story. You know my past. You know what I did last night. Guys, no. If God right now is, is pulling at your heart and saying, hey, you put your faith, your hope, you trust in me. Right now, he's communicating, you have incredible value to me. And I don't know what, I don't care about all those other things. But he's like, I want to set you aside. You're my special play. And if you are paper, embrace it. Embrace it. Just be all that he's asked you to do. Amen? Let's consider that, church. got A lot of us are going to have some interactions this week with people that we don't normally get to talk to. And for some of us, it's been years. Maybe for some of us, it's once a year or whatever it may be. And it's either going to just go like it does, like it's a holiday or whatever, or there's going to be something different. And I pray that that's how we think is missionally this week. Amen. Let's pray.